here we are back again back again yeah like i never left it's like we never left we got to get one of those challenge coins i'm so i'm really excited for that yeah yeah perfect all right yeah um yeah i want one like the size of this cup lid mm -hmm. with just like a lemon on one side and then the other side is just just a big old vinyl oh That'll yeah be super cool i like that and then i was thinking we could make I mean, this is all like getting way ahead of ourselves, but <laughs> I was thinking we could make merch. We could make like merch like featuring the lemon mm -hmm. for the people that like the pop stuff. We could make merch featuring the vinyl for people who like the deep cuts and for people like myself and you who kind of like a little bit of both. We have like the, you know, the half lemon, half record logo kind of like thing that. going on. Something so, for everyone. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I like it. And then obviously the, the coin, if we get the coin made, the lemon would be heads. Yeah. Lemon yeah. heads. It, have to, it just has to. <laughs> just has to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um, before we get started with the music, mm -hmm. um, I just want to say, I'm just going to feature this shirt. I think everybody could see it. So this is like a, um, this is a Red Bull shirt, mm -hmm. and but the the language is Thai. Oh. And this, I'm wearing this today in remembrance of my uncle who passed away a year ago on the, on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, he, he met, he got married later later in life uh, to my aunt. She's from Thailand, and that's where the shirt uh, comes from. So this is his shirt, and oh, cool. um, yeah, I just wanted to wear that to remember him. Just you know, having him pass a couple days ago, a year ago, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a rough story. Mm -hmm. um, he he got early onset Alzheimer's. I think he was like barely sixty. I think oh, wow. he was just fifty nine, and it was. From the time he got the diagnosis, it was quick. It was like two or three years, and then it just, it was, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of old people, they can like kind of stay sharp, and mm -hmm. it's just like a steady decline. His was like just a drop oh, off. Wow. And, it, you know, he was out in Hawaii living his best life, and we had to move him and her back home here so we could kind of take care of them, and we ended mm -hmm. up having to move them to like facilities. Ended up being best just to treat him at home, and then mm -hmm. he, uh, he, did, he did finally pass, and... The reason I I have such a the the reason why I wanted to really remember him is because he's the one that got me really interested in music. Okay. Um. He he was he was actually part of the reason why I transitioned from just being like I was I I've always been writing poetry like since a young age like mm -hmm. I think I started when I was like eleven or twelve I got really interested in it mm -hmm. and then around maybe like a year or two later he showed me Bob Dylan. And that was kind of the transition is like, oh, okay. Well, like I always found that much more appealing than just poetry mm -hmm. because I just think it's more, there's another level to it. And I still love poetry, but uh, songwriting was like my door into music. It's like, oh, well, I already do half of this. Mm -hmm. Now I just can learn how to do this other half, which is play chords and like, you know, yeah. kind of put that together. So that was the he was the reason that I started doing this. So. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, that's my little opening story for today. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, miss him a lot. But it's definitely whatever is after this life, he's in a better place than he was where he was. Yeah, in. he was. He was so funny too. Like towards the like he he really had no. It was weird. He came home to visit, and I think this was around the time he was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But he was a very—he was still a very active guy. That was the weirdest part: is that the mind goes, but his body was—I mean, he was strong as. F mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dang it! I gotta go. Gotta go cut that. <laughs> he was really strong, and uh, <laughs> he 
he he and I went for a jog around Savannah, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Yeah, just let me know whenever you're ready, and we'll we'll head back." And he's like, "Okay, I'm about at my halfway point." We and we started headed back, and I I uh, took him back to my grandma's house where he was staying, and he just started walking away. And I was like, "Where are you going?" He's like. Oh, this is this is my mom's house. I was like, yeah, this oh, is. Wow. And so there were signs, and mm-hmm. then for, it went from that to you know two years later or whatever, just just done. And he would be in his his hospital bed and stuff. And my my mom, I would go over there and I would um, play songs that I had written because mm-hmm. it was more for my aunt um, and my grandma because mm-hmm. they were over there all the time taking care of them, and it was like kind of a way to make them feel better because he couldn't i mean he could hear but he couldn't process right right and it was funny because like you know my mom or my aunt or my grandma they would like kind of whisper to him and like say nice things like you're looking really you're looking really good today and he would just kind of like look up he'd be like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) it's just the mind goes yeah I'll, i'll beat that too yeah, that's so, okay. I'm yeah. such a I'm so bad when it comes to the good boy timer. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm really bad, dude. We haven't even gotten warm. Really bad. I mean, what can I say? That's okay. That one was necessary, though. That was that, that was, was that was a quote, story. and <laughs> so that doesn't need to be bleeped out. It was a direct quote. YouTube, have pity. Yes, we were on a. It was a direct quote. Yeah. YouTube, we're talking to you. <laughs> so, yeah, my uh, my grandmother actually passed from uh, Alzheimer's. It's been. Uh, actually next month it'll be, uh, seven years, but hers was more of a gradual process. Yeah. And she actually, um, she passed just shy of her 94th birthday. Oh, wow. So she really got the best out of it. Yeah. And she had, um, you know, there's like two types. There's like the angry Alzheimer's yeah, and the happy Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And thankfully she had the, the happy Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, she fought it for a long time, but you know, but you know. 94 years she got she got her money's worth out of this life yeah for sure so you know but um yeah that that was my Alzheimer's story I didn't mean to take away I think I feel like it's no 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 I think everybody has something like that regardless of whether it's you know uh cancer Alzheimer's or somebody in your family's good like just statistically speaking I think it's more likely than not something horrible is gonna happen to somebody well yeah I mean everyone you know I've talked to Trish she's got like she's very lucky Trish has all of her grandparents Mm mm-hmm and like I've got n- no grandparents left. I mean, it's right, like you right. know, and we're the same age, but you know, it, but um, like yeah, you know, just be lucky you've got. And and her grandparents are all like, like still there, like mm-hmm. driving and and very capable. So. It's so weird how it affects different people differently. You know, just you know, some people go their entire life with no issue, and then just mm-hmm. something right at the end, or just old age in general gets them. And then you know, some people are healthy don't smoke don't drink you know drop dead at 30 it's just life's weird it is yeah um i've actually uh had some friends that were you know my age i went to high school with and you know a handful of them have died of quote natural causes Mm -hmm. and you know they're my age and they were younger than me and it's just really like you know like wait a minute you know we're still young even though you know I'm, i'm 45 and i still the older i get the younger i think 40 the 40s are and the right, right you know right. and i think about like you know my parents are are both in their 70s and to me 70 is a lot younger than 70 was when i was like 20 you know what right, i mean yeah so but, but yeah my my uh my grandfather was in great health he didn't smoke he didn't drink uh 67 years old he had an aneurysm and that yeah. was it yeah 
So it's just like, and there's no formula for that. Like, how do you prevent mm-hmm. that? No. And I've got, you know, family members that drink as much as they smoke and you know, mm-hmm. and they'll live forever. Yeah. It's so, so strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's your that's your secret there we go <laughs> i like it so what's your shirt to, what's the good good the, ad good, good bad good bad flicks this is actually a youtube channel that is really awesome if um you're like me and you like um b and c grade mostly horror movies or okay. action movies uh it's a guy named uh, cecil and i mispronounced your last name i'm sorry cecil trackenberg and he just does an amazing job reviewing these good bad movies. Okay. And he's he is hilarious and I'm just completely addicted to his channel. So um if you ever ever come across our channel, Cecil, you know, love you brother. Keep keep doing the good work. That's cool. So, That's yeah. cool. So he just yeah. he reviews these like these B and C movies yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Cool. And I like that. But he has a he has such a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And he has a uh, when he's not reviewing movies, he will do a, a something called exploring and he actually goes into the in-depth of how some of these movies came about and how they were made and all that. Oh, okay, but he always cool. tries to find like the good in these bad movies. I like it. So like it's it. uh, definitely check it out. He's been been around for a while. So uh yeah. but I I love his his channel very yeah. much. So we got kind of a kindred thing going on with him. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing it with movies, we're kinda of doing it with music and Yeah. And he's a big metalhead. Like he'll he'll slip oh, in cool. like these obscure metal references like mm-hmm. he's referenced overkill and he's referenced oh, okay. like yeah, yeah. a few death metal bands and i'll catch him you know it's like yeah. i'm like that that dicaprio meme where you're like yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that that's me watching this channel like oh wow yeah <laughs> so but yeah shout out to to cecil great great work on your channel so uh but um and um pick up on one thing that we had started discussing in our intro last week okay and you were you were there when it happened I was, Saturday. I was there. Yeah. yeah um, my um, niece was born. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, my, uh, my wife's brother and, and his wife are now happy parents. Um, they're home from the hospital. Mom and baby are doing great, uh, and so was new dad. Very cool. So, yeah. That yeah, was good so to that hear. Was, uh, I know we had a cliffhanger because was, she was in labor. Mm-hmm. And she then, was in labor a long time. She was in labor yeah. all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a rough. That's a rough. But... Um, but yeah, but you you just happened to be hanging out with us when we yeah. got the news. So uh, very cool. Me, me and Trish are aunt and uncle for the third time. So uh, very cool. But yeah, got to work on that jean jacket yet? Uh, not yet. I got I got to measure the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want it to be too big. Yeah, yeah, I know. So <laughs> well, before we get to this, mm-hmm. just to give kind of a a prologue to what we're doing today, uh, your suggestions were all sort of in this cohesive fac- fashion, very. I would say they're they're punk songs and maybe later punk songs, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of like just the timeline of punk. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and he, this is something that I'm not very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I have some basis of knowledge in the in terms of punk music, but a lot of what I know seems to be almost like counterfeit, if that makes sense, in terms of like people who are much more invested in punk music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like early punk music like because my basis of knowledge is like i would say like the slc punk movie basis of knowledge so it's sex pistols ramones mm-hmm. but then you know i talk to people who are actually into punk and they're like oh the ramones they're not punk they're like they're like a corporate response to punk. i don't have any <laughs> like so i have no footing to stand on the only thing that i'm fairly confident in is, is that a lot of people consider the first punk album Patti Smith's Horses. 
And I, I was wondering if, you, just in terms of this first little section, if you could give me sort of a history and the audience a history mm-hmm. on what punk is, how it started, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, and I and I don't have like I'm not a hundred percent credible on everything, but um, uh, the Patty Smith thing that's that's pretty close. Um, a lot of people say that Blue Cheer and the MC5 were kind of the first punk ish bands i mean that was the term punk actually came around um more as like a slag to uh it was either the ramones which i think it was the ramones where they called them punks mm-hmm. and that was just where it started um i would say the ramones weren't nearly as corporate as some other punk bands one in particular is uh the sex pistols because they were they were basically built to be a punk band they were put okay. together yeah, they were pieced together by um uh, their manager uh, Malcolm McLaren, and he he built that band. As a, so, the sound was out there, and then this guy comes in. Okay, I'm going to try to sell this. This it was starting. The okay. sound was starting. It was in the mid '70s. So punk is like the term. The coinage of the term is almost like in retrospect, this music started happening, mm-hmm. and then in reference to it, even though it went back some time, that's what they started calling it. Yeah, moving forward. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, you, you listen to the Ramones and they were very influenced by like 50s music, uh, mm-hmm. surf guitar, mm-hmm. which not to get too off topic, but that's what influenced thrash metal also was surf guitar, but back to the punk. And that was kind of what they were influenced by. Um, you know, uh, the Clash was more of a a poppier punk. I mm-hmm. still, still consider the Clash punk because I think most of it is just like more of an attitude. I mean, to me, Motorhead's first album is a punk album. Okay. I mean, it is straight up punk songs, and, mm-hmm. I, and I love it. I love Motorhead anyway, but like that first record by Motorhead is a punk record. Okay. And that was kind of where Lemmy started out as just being punk sounding, and then it yeah. evolved into what everybody knows Motorhead is now. Fast and loud. Yeah, but um, as far as like, there's there's no like pinpoint area era when punk officially started. Mm-hmm. Um, the first punk album that people say is the Ramones first record. It came out a year before, you know, punk broken in, in the UK. Okay. You know, New York punk was kind of like where it started mm-hmm. or on a commercial level. Okay. But, um, and then it kind of spread to the West coast of, of the U S which is, and then, you know, factions kind of broke off early on in what we call hardcore. Okay. Which is just like fighting punk, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, so like you know, there are those are two different things, like hardcore and punk. Even though they have kind of like they were birthed from the same tree, you know, there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 will walk out of a punk show, a hardcore show. Eh, good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those okay. are the like the hardcore were the ones, and this isn't all hardcore. This is a small, small group, but they were where you had the skinheads and all that. Okay. They were into hardcore. Hardcore isn't a skinhead music, but skinheads were into hardcore. Okay. That, that sure, makes sure. it sound better. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to put all, all hardcore people in the same, in the same bucket. Cause sure. they're, they're not, but that was where that culture, that was the music they were into. And then punks just kind of had their own, like, um, almost like their own costume. Mm. You know, and I think you you mentioned SLC punk. I think that was actually mentioned, like you know, you're wearing the punk costume with the right, right, yeah. right, yeah. But um, but like the New York punk style was more like the leather jackets and the blue jeans and just the t shirt. But that was just pretty much all the Ramones had. Mm-hmm. 
and then like the Sex Pistols, they were more kind of out there, and it was more um, Johnny Rotten. He would like have the safety pins and all that stuff, holding his clothes together. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other guys in the band dressed like just normal people. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at pictures of Steve Jones, the guitar player for the Sex Pistols, and he dressed like you know any blue collar <laughs> dude. Right, right. So it wasn't. They weren't really the rest of them weren't really following follow a uniform. It was Johnny Rotten who was just kind of just to be Johnny Rotten. I mean, the dude is eccentric. He's out there. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually read his autobiography about twenty years ago, and you'd be surprised. He's actually an intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. He's just Johnny Rotten. He's yeah. awesome. But um, but yeah, uh, it kind of like started with like I would say like the base model of what we call punk would be the Ramones. Sex Pistols, The Clash. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a lot of other ones, and I apologize. Those are like the those would be like the big three, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you got into more of your hardcore like DRI, uh, Suicide Tendencies, and mm-hmm. they started out as a hardcore band. Uh, the Exploited, uh, Dead Boys. Um, I'm just going all across the boards now, but um, you know, and then metal bands were taking. Um, bits and pieces of punk oh the misfits i can't believe i forgot to mention the misfits mm-hmm. my that, favorite that'd be my, punk or hardcore misfits are punk okay. and they were what people call horror punk okay yeah, yeah. you know because they have that like sort of thematic element mm-hmm. and they were birthed let's see the misfits uh, i want to say about 78 maybe 79 and i could be wrong on that but they they weren't one of the they weren't in the beginning but they were kind of showing up a little bit a little bit after it got started mm-hmm. but um and they would have been in that East Coast area. They're in, like from Jersey. Yeah, they're right? from yeah. Jersey. So yeah, they were East Coast punk. Yeah. And I was trying to think who was who was West Coast punk. Like Dead Kennedys. Oh yeah, yeah, Dead Kennedys. And I'm sorry I didn't mention them. They're a great example of like West Coast punk. And then like Black Flag maybe. Black Flag was DC. Oh okay. Which that was its own era was or its own region was the DC area punk scene. Mm-hmm. And that's like Fugazi and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah. So and so, I, sorry for my confusion. I think. I, I listen. I don't listen to a lot of Black Flag, but I've listened to a lot of Henry Rollins speaking, and he'll talk about the Black Flag era sometimes. And I think they were recording in Southern California. Maybe probably. that's why I got confused. Probably they probably. Um, and I don't know a hundred percent of their history. I, I do like Black Flag, mostly Henry Rollins. Yeah, but yeah, I think they did end up out there. But they they started in D.C., okay. which is where all those guys are from. Rollins is from there. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, Another uh, one of the bands that I threw at you, they are they were based the Meat Men. They were based mm-hmm. in D.C. for a okay. while, and they were, you know, kind of that '80s punk. Okay, I mean they started in the very early '80s, and they were punk. What what I kind of handed to you was a little more metal intinged, mm-hmm. but um, you were starting to get a lot of like punk ish bands coming out in the '80s. And uh, that didn't go full metal. Like, you know, Metallica was heavily influenced by punk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anthrax was a very punk influenced. They were more like Ramones influence, and Metallica was influenced by like the Misfits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there are bands that didn't just go metal, they were punk. And, but for some reason, punk just didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. It kind of started to, you know, just fade out. Until what ninety ninety four when Green Day kind of yeah broke punk or or even before that when people were talking about how much punk influenced Nirvana was 
And they were right. influenced by punk, but I would never, yeah, I would never call Nirvana punk. Mm-hmm. And it's not a slight against Nirvana. I just didn't feel like they were, they were punk-ish. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, like definitely some element. Do you think it, <clears throat> like the term became like too widespreading? Yeah. Like so, like now it's just a label mm-hmm. for anything that's sort of counterculture or just kind of challenges the norms whatsoever. Because that's one thing that I've. I was kind of reading into is like nowadays, like even it's so broad that somebody like Kanye West can be considered punk. Yeah. Even as commercial as he is and as, as like, you know, brand oriented as he is, which is almost completely counter to what punk originally stood for was like kind of this, anybody can do it kind Mm -hmm. of DIY mentality sort of stuff. It's become such an overarching term. It's almost like, I don't know. It's like, um, like rock. When yeah. you just say rock, like how many thousands of different bands can you throw into that? <laughs> yeah. Just that umbrella term. Yeah. It's just a huge, covers too much ground to, you know, just, yeah. Rock is, is a great example because mm-hmm. some people feel like any band that just has guitars and bass and drums mm-hmm. and doesn't play country music is rock and roll. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even some country music sounds rock and roll and vice versa. And it's such a weird term because, like, I mean, honestly, like, Almost anything, I would say, like up to the Hendrix era, mm-hmm. that's rock and roll. And then it became something else. Yeah. Because, like, you, so like somebody like Buddy Holly, that's like rock and roll to yeah. in terms yeah. of like when, if you say rock, like I'll go with you to like the, you want to say Guns and Roses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're rock. But when you, when you have that tagline rock and roll, I think like 50s and early 60s, mm-hmm. that kind of style. Because it was something different then. I mean, I had a I had a professor in college who put it a good way, and we're we're way past the nice boy clock. So uh, he was he was trying to explain to me when rock and roll first ca- came out, and you're you're thinking of like like Chuck Berry, mm-hmm. um, Buddy Holly, people like that. He was like, you can't put yourself in the mindset of like parents finding out that their daughter had gone to a rock and roll show or that their son was in a mm-hmm. rock and roll band. He was like, he's like, you can't even touch it. But the closest thing is today. If you like, you went to a fuck the bitch show, <laughs> that's the music is fuck the bitch. He's like, that's what it was like back okay. then because of how conservative America was in the fifties mm-hmm. and the early sixties. That's what that sort of, so in its own right, it was almost kind of like the, the way people responded to punk in the 70s and 80s is how people were responding to rock and roll in the 50s and 60s, and that envelope yeah. just kept getting pushed. And that's that's probably the best analogy right there. I mean, that mm-hmm. was because, you know, punk was snotty attitude, and they mm-hmm. dressed funny, and their hair was weird. Well, so were the Beatles. I mean, when the right, Beatles yeah. came over the States in 64, mm-hmm. their hair was like, no one, nobody... In in the in the states, where their hair touching their ears. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was you were called all kind of names that I yeah. won't mention, but yeah, you know. But the Beatles did it, and that was just outrageous. Yeah, and but then by the seventies, you look at even like popular TV shows. Like my mom was watching Little House on the Prairie the other day, mm-hmm. and it's that was filmed in the seventies. They all got long hair. Yeah, and but you know, so then the punks take over, and it's like, oh shit! Well, we gotta like, <laughs> we gotta step up our game. Yeah, and they're like, oh, mohawk, like you know. Mm-hmm. Or and, spike the hair, and now that's just commonplace, just sure. like the, the piercings and the all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah, and and uh, punk is still around. I just think that, and this is nothing against uh, Green Day, 
their earlier stuff um, I would consider maybe punkish, mm-hmm. but they, they I would not call them a punk band. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a good hard rock band, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't want to take away from them, but unfortunately, some people, when they heard Green Day, that was their first, quote, um, experience of punk music mm-hmm. was Green Day or The Offspring. I mean, I like The Offspring too, but mm-hmm. they aren't very punk rock anymore. They're just a, you know, I mean, they're, they're a hard rock band. But, but maybe like those first couple albums, yeah, like yeah. Ixnay and even before that, like yeah. Ignition was a that was a punk mm. album. Um, even Smash had elements mm-hmm. of punk, but um, you know, that's not like that wouldn't be a good starting point if you wanted to get into punk, right? Well, and because it's it had been around for so long at that point, there was no way for it to be uninfluenced by other things. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and even like. Even punk during the punk era. I mean, you listen to Ramones songs, and you know they've got doo wop influences right, in there. Right, sure, yeah. Uh, the Clash, they were, you know, they used all kind of instrumentations, mm-hmm. you know, almost like ska or something, you know, to that. Which I think ska kind of came from that type of punk rock. Mm. That the you know, and the Clash weren't the only ones, but I'm just using them as an example. But that kind of like danceable punk music. Right, right. And then like skank know. beats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where ska kind of came got its roots was just you know we're a punk band but we have a horn section so right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which you know i think i think it, things get really muddy when you try to pin them down like that's why i've never really been a fan of genres i'm almost more in favor of umbrella terms just mm-hmm. because you can you can sort of refer to something and then somebody can make their own judgment call on it it's always so weird to me when people try to just like box in these labels with things because it's always looking back and mm-hmm. i think that's where we ran into run into trouble when you're talking about punk music when it's in reference to something that had been happening for like five years because these that's the thing is bands in a scene listen to each other yeah and it doesn't matter the style that they're playing what matters is like what people are going to pick up on that's something that i would do at almost every show is i would hear one song from one band that didn't play music anything like mine but I could listen to that and be like, that's an element that I could take and turn mm-hmm. into this other thing. And that's happening in this like spiderweb effect going outwards. So how do you nail something down when you're trying to have this like purist sort of terminology? Yeah. I just don't think it works. And there is no purist, you know, it has to be spread because exactly what you said. And people have been doing that since the first time somebody hit a rock with a stick. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Everyone has been influenced by each other. Yeah. And especially then, in musical like areas like you know savannah metal scene i'm sure everyone influences each other or the seattle scene they all you know the la scene all that they all were kind of like exactly what you said just taking bits of pieces and making it their own and and when those bands travel around you know a seattle punk band goes to dc and sees black flag they're taking something back with them and then that changes the dynamic and it all these things can happen and I, I think that's just why it's so. I would just i would almost rather the umbrella terms without the some people get so (laughs) snobby with the the terminology yeah. and it's oh, it's not punk it's hardcore and it's like it's close enough though right i don't yeah. know it's well, like it's, they're, they're they're close they're close cousins so sure. just you know just like heavy metal i mean in the in the 80s heavy metal was anything from slayer to warrant right yeah they were both called heavy metal and one does not sound like the other mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but that was the umbrella term oh okay they're playing loud music. All right, they they must be heavy metal. Right, right, right. It's like, well, okay, yeah. But we'll we'll give you that. And what's the <laughs> difference between country and western? I still don't know. I don't either. 
That just that reminds me of that scene from the Blues Brothers. Yep, we got both kinds. Country and Western. <laughs> that ain't no Hank Williams song. Dude, without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. Call it in the air. Heads. I don't even know where that went. Oh, it's heads. So So you defer, you ch- you take it however you want to start, man. I'm going to talk about the first one I sent to you. Let's do it. I'm excited. I think and we were talking a little bit before this. You were saying that I was going to be pretty surprised at how you took my picks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you'll be surprised not by my reaction to these songs, but like where they initially play placed and okay. then where they ended up after listening to them for an extended amount of time. I mean, I I listened a lot last week to the songs that we had suggested mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i realized i definitely needed to listen more if mm-hmm. we we're going to continue to do, like i needed to take it a little bit more seriously but i doubled my listen time within like the first two days of having these songs and wow. i think n- that not only speaks to my seriousness of like how i want to do this project but also just the quality of music we had this week mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that playlist that i put on spotify for you guys at capital lsd parenthesis LSD mm-hmm. and then the C is in parentheses. That playlist is going to be fantastic. Yes. For anybody that just loves music. And then there's going to be some weird ones in there, there for is. sure. But um, yeah, I definitely think you'll be surprised at how, how it started and then where it ended. And then you all you challenged me to see if I could figure out the thematic element that kind of connected all these songs. Yes. I really did my homework. I was trying really hard. <laughs> I it, it, the hard thing was like if you looked at it like a Venn diagram, it was like things that would match two but not one. And right. so putting that puzzle together. So I was thinking, what if I get a guess before each one of your suggestions cuz I might need a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's here's how we'll do this. Okay. You can guess before each one of the songs. Yeah. And if you're wrong all three times when at the end of the show, I will tell you what the theme is. Okay. Fair enough? That's fair enough. But if you, if you guess right, then I'll, then you, you know, I'll let you know. I'm not going to. Then I get to give you a spanking. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off air, off air. Okay. So um, here's my first guess. Punk songs with guitar solos. That's a good guess, and not that's right. that, that's probably true, but that's not That was the my theme. best guess. God damn it. All right. Well, sorry. Hey, <laughs> no that's how it goes. But yeah, so the first one I threw at you is a song called Rocket 88 by the um, second wave punk band by the name of Warrior Soul. And um, it's off their second record, uh, Drugs, God, and the New Republic. Um, Warrior Soul, first of all, is one of my all-time favorite bands. Very cool. Their first record came out in 1990, and they are still putting out albums Still touring, really? right yes. Now. Okay, wow. Still, well, they're not touring, obviously, right now, but they, right, yeah. they are still there. They only have one original member, it's the lead singer, Corey Clark, who started the the, the band. Mm-hmm. And they're um, between his political rants, which they're not too over the top. Where I think anyone can enjoy him, he's okay. not too in one side or the other. Mm-hmm. He's just, and they're very like dated, you know, in his rants. Um, when he's not singing about things that, that mean something, he has a lot of fun and has songs about drinking or going out and partying. I mean, it's, it's a nice like balance. Mm-hmm. Like you can have one song on the album where he's like, you know, this or that against this political party or that. And then the next song is about partying and drinking. And hey, <laughs> some, that's how some people live their life. I mean, Corey Clark, he is, he is like, 
he's still, you know, pack a day, whiskey and beer kind of guy. Whoa. I mean, and he's in his 50s. He's been doing it since the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. He's been around for Good a while. Good for him. But um, this is actually um, the first album I, I discovered by them or really listened to when it came out in 91. And it completely blew me away. Like, I, I just, I fell in love with this band and I'm still in love with this band. So this song is one of those good time songs Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. I mean, obviously lyrically he's not, he's not doing very well. Mm -hmm. I think it says my power got cut off. I can't afford a phone, Mm -hmm. but you know that I'm electric when I go out alone. Right, right, It's like, no matter what, you know, I'm a rocket, a rocket Mm -hmm. 88. And we'll get to that at the end of the show. But you know, it's just in your face, punk attitude with a, with a little sliver of heavy metal. Okay. And that has been kind of um, Warrior Souls. They, I mean, they still have that same attitude. Even though he's got different band members with him, it's still that same, you know, and he still calls himself a punk. Okay. <laughs> so, Can't knock the hustle. So I'll, I'll, I will uh, slide it back over to you and let you uh, kind of tell me how you and Warrior Soul related to each other. First impressions, this was definitely my favorite, mm-hmm. just in terms of, like, where everything placed at the time. I think I really gravitated towards how well it was recorded. Uh, I liked the, I loved all the elements, like that fast pace, like mm-hmm. really like ripping intro. Like I loved the fact that there was a guitar solo in this kind of song. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that was why my first guess was punk songs with guitar solos, because all of these are kind of, these bands you were saying are in that second wave of punk. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking that as like a big, turning point for the genre because before that it seemed like people were almost trying to dismantle guitar solos like yeah. you know, the Ramones had uh that solo and I want to be sedated I think it's just one note mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of th- you know they the, people were actively trying to get rid of that as an element in their songs and I was wondering if that just was the marker for a, a, a transition that was one thing that I was blown away by in all of these songs that you suggested is the quality of the guitar solos. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're emotional. They're not too technical, but they're very skillful. Like these would be very tricky solos mm-hmm. to, to map out. And if you were going to learn it verbatim, as it were like that, these would be very intense solos to learn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like the, I like the song. It, it's, it was a nice in between of like, I can definitely see why they would call it punk, but it it didn't, you know, it didn't strike me as a the same way as like listening to earlier punk music. Mm-hmm. It's very like the quality's better, the I think the writing's better. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically, it's still sort of in that same vein. Yeah, um, where it doesn't have to be the deepest or most most complex, but mm-hmm. sort of the um, yeah. I I really enjoyed the song, and now I'm gonna listen to you tell me what it's about. <laughs> Because well, I, mean, I could not figure it out. It's about what you think it is. It's just I'm just no. a, I'm a hell raisin. Yeah, and the I will give you a hint. The title of this song is something we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Okay, is it about Challenger? No, <laughs> I can't no. remember when the Challenger that, that was. That was eighty six. Like, oh, okay. And that would right. be really morbid. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm going to party till Easy. I die. Let's I, let's. Hey. let's but Corey Clark has always surrounded himself with good musicians Mm -hmm. he likes you know even though he's punk he wants his music to sound good sometimes he gets a little experimental and artsy with some of his stuff but 
you know, but he he usually saves that for his, he has some spoken word albums that he does under his own name. Okay. And so that's always really cool. But he's he's a wordsmith, and I know Rocket 88 is not, Yeah. that's not a good example of, of what he's capable of writing. And I would actually. Sure. but it's a good chorus. It is. Yeah, and it's fun, and it makes you want to just pump your fist. It's yeah. like the kind of song that like you're listening to when you've just clocked out of work, and you're on your yeah, way home, and yeah, you're definitely, like, definitely. I'm either going to go to the bar, I'm just going to, you know, pound some beers and just see what happens and yeah. just who cares. You it's know? a Friday night song yeah. for yeah. sure. That that's what it struck me as. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't have any money, but I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. gonna go bump beers off my friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's just the attitude. But yeah, uh for you and even for you know our listeners, go listen to Corey Clark's uh spoken word stuff. It is very interesting and very, very good. He he is one of the earlier influences on my writing. Okay. Of course, I can't write like him. I wanted mm-hmm. to so bad, and I'm like, dude, I've got a dictionary, a thesaurus, and I still can't. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't match his insight. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, that's something I was unaware of, so I'm definitely going to go check mm-hmm. that out. I'm going to leave Warrior Soul alone in mm-hmm. terms of because I, I'm excited to see if there's some more deep cuts that come in down the line. Do and that. That's, that's kind of one of those things is like with the uh, some of these bands, it's like, do I deep dive and then just like you know they're off limits moving forward. But when it's a band that's this good, it's like, I kind of want to hold off and like see which way you direct me at least one or two more times before I like, there'll be more from them in the future. So I really like, I, this was a really good first step and this is definitely a song I would recommend to people. If if you're looking for just a good quality Friday night song kind of thing, get your, get your, uh, weekend party going like great song, really, really strong song. And like, this is something that like, takes me back to like when I was in Montana welding, like you were kind of saying when I would get off work and it would be, you know, getting late and just, I would just blare music all the way home, get me mm-hmm. to drive a little bit faster, get me to the party <laughs> a little sooner. So that's, that's where this song kind of struck me. Yeah. And, awesome. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's not his best vocal or lyrics, but it's, mm-hmm. it is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a fun rocking blow off some steam kind of song that is interesting to me that like these lyrics are definitely a little bit more on the basic sort of Mm -hmm. side in terms of like they're they're not complex there's probably not a whole lot of subtext or anything too Mm -hmm. deep behind him but it's interesting to me that he is a spoken word artist as well that makes me want to check out that side of it too so he was actually started out as a spoken word artist and on a dare Mm -hmm. he created the band warrior soul that's an interesting dare. It were a how bet. That, it was like did... they were they. Someone bet him he couldn't make a band that would, you know, be somewhat oh, okay. successful. And within a year, they were signed to a major label. Very cool. Yeah, he did it out of a, a bet or a dare. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I was yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like a schoolyard dare. Like, Don't dare, dare you to start a, band. To start a punk band. <laughs> yeah. But and and the thing the the sad thing about Warrior Soul is they I love them and and you know they came out at a time when punk could have broken through i mean this album came out in early 91 before nevermind came out mm-hmm. and to me this was more punk rock than what people were saying nevermind was okay yeah, this yeah, yeah, could yeah, have sure. broken back in but for some reason no one would su- you know label support was not there for warrior soul mm. um you know the, the they couldn't get their songs on the radio uh headbangers ball i think played one or two videos by them and that was it and mm-hmm. then never again i mean they just could not get the backing and they toured like animals yeah and i just i never understood why they they weren't huge 
Yeah, it's so strange what takes off and what doesn't. And then, like you're saying, people calling Nevermind Punk when it's really not. No. And I mean, I would almost say, like, in terms, if we're going to put it up against punk as an influence, Pixies inspired Nevermind way more than punk music. Yeah, like, it did. Because there's so much, like, one of the key things in that album is dynamics. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things Pixies were known for. And were Pixies inspired by punk? Sure. And was. Was Kurt Cobain inspired by punk? Sure, but like, in terms of like, it's weird when people give it that, that they use that nomenclature for something like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so punk, and then it becomes successful. Whereas you have a perfectly good punk album like this, and it doesn't generate that success, but it seems like that's what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird what takes off and what doesn't. Yeah, and I thought this was the perfect marriage of punk and slices of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. But- yeah. You know, boom, it's, an, boom, it's boom. a really interesting pinpoint in time, and if mm-hmm. you, I, I would definitely recommend this if you're into, if you're into metal, if you're into punk, and you want kind of a cool hybrid of the two. This like, is it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we got to recommend. Recommend it to everybody. All right, your grandma, your aunt, <laughs> my aunt, my grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's. This is a song that I'm going to play at my uh, next acoustic show. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be so bad. It doesn't matter. And but no, yeah. no one knows this song, so they think it was an original. If they yeah, like it, yeah. you tell them, "Oh yeah, I wrote this." I'll just slow it way down and mm-hmm. finger style, like finger pick it, and then it'll be this whole new thing. Yeah, like, and just oh like instead of Rocket eighty eight, you're like Missile seventy five <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Projectile seventy two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one will know except me. You just no. give me that wink, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm on to you. But yeah. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my turn toss back at me sir so my sort of theme for this week and there's no there was no like mystery behind it what i was just kind of going for is i wanted to present you with three artists mm-hmm. that if i had told you beforehand without the songs if i was like i'm recommending this artist this artist and this artist you would mm-hmm. have probably been like Ugh. okay <laughs> and it would have it would have been sort of like the cardi b thing like mm-hmm. without you knowing what the music was but i wanted to pitch songs that would make you kind of raise an eyebrow like oh okay like this i wanted you to sort of have an expectation from the name mm-hmm. and then just be sort of taken aback by the actual song itself so that was my goal and i'm pretty sure i accomplished it with at least one maybe two i don't know if i did but um, I was really confident in these picks in terms of just, I mean, definitely one of these for sure. Mm-hmm, I was confident mm-hmm. at least one would strike a chord with you. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Music. Yeah. Well, y- y- we shall see. So the first <laughs> first song I pitched is Slide Away by Miley Cyrus. Yes. It's, uh, it's not new, but it is, it's more recent mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, release and I don't think it's gotten a lot of radio play. This was more of like where I found it was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it definitely, it was released as a single and I think it's the only thing out. So if, I don't know if this is part of a wider release. It's, I don't think it's going to be. I think this was just kind of something to keep everybody aware that Miley Cyrus is still there. Um, I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I got from it. Okay, yeah, we and, totally forgot about her. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Slide Away by Miley Cyrus. First impressions. Um, I really didn't hate it. Um, uh, it was it was a nice kind of mellow. It was a breakup song. I even did some research. And, mm-hmm. um, apparently, 
supposedly it's about her divorce from yep. uh, one of the Hilms, Hilmsworth brothers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not Thor, but the other one. Yeah. Or the other one. Yeah, the one that lives in the ocean. Yes. <laughs> so like a um, homeless mermaid. It was... <laughs> It was it was interesting. It was lyrically it, it felt like she was trying to go somewhere deeper and it just to me lyrically it, it got redundant. Okay. But in her defense though, if you listen to enough breakup songs back to back, there's gonna be a level of redundancy. Sure. So I I won't take that from her. Um it just it to me I felt like this is um this is the breakup song you write 10 years after you've written driver's license. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is perfect time. Like yeah. that's about right for the, yeah. the, um, do, so you would say it's a, like a surface level, like, or it's a, uh, it's a, it's a level deeper than something like driver's license. Yeah, it is. It is deeper than driver's license. It, it's an attempt at poeticism. Yeah. And, and maybe, I mean, some of the lyrics were, were, were pretty good. And I actually researched, what was alluded, what she was talking about. And there were a lot of references to, to her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe she only wanted to go this deep because you don't want to get too deep and put everything out there on the table. Some things sure. you want to keep to yourself. But um, uh, like I said, I, I didn't hate it. I, I have very little experience with Miley Cyrus's music, popular music. Oh, you're gonna get way more accustomed. <laughs> uh, and I, and I'm used to um, her poppier stuff, her mm-hmm. her bubblegum lollipop party in the USA stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that she'd went through that phase where she got crazy, and you know she's swinging from a wrecking ball naked. I yeah, guess that was her yeah. saying, "Hey, I'm an adult now." Which right, okay, right. Well, and it's such a breakaway from I think when you are subjected to that Disney yeah channel lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. I would come out of that wanting to be a whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, and she's grown up with, you know, a lot of people from my generation know this, from Miley's generation, probably don't know this, but her father, Billy Ray Cyrus, was for about a year huge. Oh, yeah. And this is where we get into a little area of why I don't like Miley Cyrus. This is an interesting story, and I'll keep it short. It has nothing against her personally. In fact, I don't. Don't know her at all, really. No, I really don't know her. <laughs> okay. Now, her dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 19, uh, I think 91, 92, he released uh, the worst song that's ever been recorded <laughs> called Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> and if you were uh, alive and conscious during that uh, month's span that that song was popular, it was number one on the charts. His album was number one on the charts. It was achy, breaky, heart, everything, oh. and it was horrible. Not a not a good time for Jonathan Humphrey N- to be no. alive. And here's well, I was a baby, so I was okay. Was I was in high school. Yeah. Here's here's where the bone of contention comes in. Here we go. <laughs> that album stayed at number one for it felt like ever mm-hmm. because his album with that sorry, horrible, terrible song <laughs> was number one. My favorite band in the whole wide world. Their album could only peak at number two, and that's Megadeth's Countdown to Extinction. Oh. It peaked at number two only because Achy Breaky Heart and that whole record would not leave the number one spot. Okay, so this is a big point of contention for you. Like, yeah. you're ready to stab somebody. Well, maybe not that. It's been, well, it's been 30 years, but yeah. If it wasn't for this horrible song, 
Megadeth would have had their number one record in 1992. So Billy Ray stole that from <laughs> Megadeth <laughs> and from me, Billy Ray. Yeah. So Billy Ray's out of the spotlight now, now and but unfortunately, well, not not entirely. I mean, you know, well, they talk about this, like just the power of one single. Mm-hmm. He comes back and he does it again with Little Nas X and that's Old Town right. Road. Like that's right. That's so, a lot of people. You know, I I def I'm not a fan of that song. I for reasons that are like I get it. But so many people, you know, we get back to this like labeling kind of conversation we were having earlier. A lot of people that I knew, it was like me and then the two musicians I was playing with at the time were the only people that didn't like the song. Me, the two musicians, Sam, probably you. Yeah, I didn't like it. We like I could not find a musician that <laughs> that hated that song. It was weird. I would talk to like we were recording with a guy at Georgia Southern, and he was like, "No, I love it." Uh, talked to count my. Um, my fiance's brother mm-hmm. is a drummer in in Wisconsin, and he's very good, and he loved it. And all these people were telling me the same thing. It's like the perfect blend of hip hop and country. And I was like, it's not really either. <laughs> it's a, a hip hop a little bit. I could like definitely yeah. see it, but in terms of country, what's country about? You got Billy Ray Cyrus singing, and like, what's country about? It's <laughs> like it's it's a it's a weird kind of labeling thing, and it's. I get why it's popular, mm-hmm. but that's just not a satisfying explanation yeah. for me. And to each their own. Like I, I totally understand why it blew up. Mm-hmm. But again, I just like I'm not surprised. I mean, it was Billy Ray Cyrus. He had one of the biggest singles of all time in "Achy Breaky Heart." Yeah, comes back and does it again. Yeah, not surprising at all. He groomed one of the most successful artists. Mm-hmm. of the the mid 2000s yeah. and up till now i mean miley cyrus has huge star power mm-hmm. she does so he knows what he's doing oh yeah and i mean sorry that he you know i mean <laughs> box megadeth out but. yeah i mean i mean he's got a lot of nerve for yeah. <laughs> and it would be different if he had recorded like if it was something good <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously millions of people love that song yeah that's you know do you, think it's, do you think it's a point of contention for you because a band like Megadeth, like you know the emotional quality of these songs, like how much work went into the, the recording process, the writing process, like the depth of some of these songs versus like, so you have this sort of thing where in your mind, this is a for, full course meal that can sustain you. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Achy Breaky Heart, some people just want a Twinkie kind of thing. Is that what's That's happening? what it is, yeah. yeah. And he didn't even write that song. Like it was yeah. given to him to record. I've I've heard I've heard and I don't have any proof of this but people have told me that that was a stolen song that there were these guys in the bluegrass scene I think it was like Tennessee or Kentucky or something and they had a song called Aiken Breaking Heart hmm. and then Dolly Parton lifted it and gave it to Billy Ray that's a rumor I've heard I don't know how I haven't true heard that, that but it's it's worth researching yeah, yeah. but but yeah, because of him, you know, I feel the sins of the father are passed on to the daughter. And I'm sorry, Miley. <laughs> Nothing personal, but now, your dad. Now you have to fight me because yeah. your dad's too old. <laughs> but other than that, back on the song, um, honestly, I, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. I mean, it just feels like a a nice run-of-the-mill breakup pop song. I mean, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm very neutral about it. Driver's license, slide away. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, higher than driver's license. It's got a higher mature level, maturity level. But I mean, if if this is something that you like, I, I actually would recommend it. I would not not recommend it. 
you know, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, other than the fact that it's not something that I would listen to, mm-hmm. I really don't have anything negative to say about it. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. It, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's not bad. And it's, you know, it's, I would say it's of its time. And that's a, that's a term sure. I love to use. Yeah, sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I liked about the song is like the, it's, it's modern sounding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a lot of soul to it. The, I love the production, like the choruses, like I love how they treated the sort of call and response lyrics or mm-hmm. the, the vocals in the chorus. Like, and as you say, like the lyrics are maybe not the, definitely like not the hardest, like the deepest things to write. I think sometimes, you know, when you're so close to something, it's hard to like, how do you, how do you ride that line between giving too much away, like you said, and Mm -hmm. holding way too much back. And this is sort of like kind of teeters. Yeah. You know, and she, she used a lot of, of emotion in her voice. Definitely singing it. So I'll, I'll give her, uh, I'll give her that. I mean, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, if I was a, late teens girl going to a breakup sure. uh would probably have that on repeat yeah you know so i definitely have it on repeat <laughs> you had it on repeat on the way here didn't i you? did <laughs> that's on my liked songs for sure it's all right i'll let you cry <laughs> i want i want to get to that headspace and sometimes i just need to slide away dude when we were going i was on the golf course when we you and i were going back and forth with the like just trying to be punny uh-huh. with the songs we picked this week that's why I included Rocket 88 today because we, we left that one out. So, yeah, we did. Yeah, so, All right. I think we can put Slide Away to bed. Put it to bed. Put it to back bed. in the ocean. Yeah. I'll go back to the city lights. And I'll just... I made you shower with it, though. That was, my, that was my challenge. For and I will week. say it sounded better in the shower than... It's, it's a good shower. <laughs> like, it's good to have, like, a good reverberant, like, echoey kind of... Cha- like, it's it's a great song for that. It's very full sounding yeah and i and i did feel a little dirty you know taking a shower with miley but i felt less dirty taking a shower with miley at this age yes than maybe about a day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird you could but, party in the usa <laughs> or when she was hannah montana which oh we won't get into the discussion we had earlier i'm, I'm not a fan of it yet she's i remember saying at one point like the, and this was in the like the Hannah Montana days, and I, I I was telling a friend I was like, I've always thought Miley Cyrus was super hot, and my friend was like, "Dude, she's so young." I was like, "She's like two years older than us." What are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, the content in the show is for, for younger children. girls." I was like, "She yeah. she was born in like '89, dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, um, her first, um, I guess, uh, job in the uh, business was when her dad was on tour mm-hmm. um, after the shows, it was her job to go out on stage and collect all the panties and bras off the stage. Really? They were thrown at her dad. Well, and, and everybody's like <laughs> questioning Wrecking Ball. Now you know where it comes from. Yeah, now we know. She That's had to go trauma. gather up, you know, <laughs> middle-aged women's panties. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Gross. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel for her in that, yeah, that sense. You so. can understand those, yeah, I think that she gets 2009 a, phase. Yeah, she gets a, she gets a, a bad rap, and I, yeah. I think that's not it's not deserved. I love her voice now. I heard that thing click. What does that mean? I think we're good. Okay. What are you trying to tell me, camera? Everything's still working. It's, it's plugged in, so. Yeah. This will be the moment where we fill it with something else yeah. other than us looking at the camera and talking. Hey. Hey, what's going on? 
How you guys? You guys holding up? Okay. Thumbs up. Hey, you Thumbs in the back. Up. Wake up. Yeah. Hey, kick him. Yeah. Thank you. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> right. up here. So we're gonna put put it to bed. Yep. But yep. I will give it a recommend. Definitely yeah. give it a recommend. So. Yay. You know. All right. Back to you, my friend. Back to me. And we are going to jump right into that '80s punk wheel wagon, whatever that mm-hmm. meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Meat Men. Oh, I got to do my guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Do your guess. Um, and you can use the hint I gave uh, you. What was the hint? Well, I'm not gonna give it to you again. Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we're talking about Rocket 88 at the end? Yeah. Was that the hint? Yeah. It's well, a horrible hint. Well, that's, I don't have to give you worth, any good. I know hints. you don't have. Well, all right. <laughs> the I get what you here's my guess is like the voice of the song. So like like the you wouldn't use this term, but the narrator. Or the, I guess the best way, the front man, the singer, mm-hmm. taking on the role of somebody they dislike, or somebody in a in a t- them taking on the role as a villain almost. That's only true though for one, maybe two songs though. Okay. Rocket eighty eight is not like that's just a regular Joe. He's not a okay. I was I, just, I didn't know if he though. was like I, I didn't know if he was like sexually harassing. No, I, he's, I, just I, being, he's just I'm being. He's just being a regular. I'm gonna drink and Joe. go touch people. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I was like, I, and like that's his hope. <laughs> it really, I I knew it really didn't work for the next song we're doing either. But that I just like, but, I mean, I I racked my brain over this, and like I said, a lot of this was like worked for two, mm-hmm. but not for all three. So, and I'm really building it up too much. You're really, it's really not going to be that satisfying when I tell you the thing. Oh no, <laughs> no, it's good. It, it, I thought it was, but. Anyway. Well, I mean, honestly, any answer will be satisfying at this yeah. point because I've racked my brain. Um, but yeah, going along with that, this is definitely the strongest case for somebody taking on the role of somebody they hate. And that, and then, and and in that case, you you heard, you listen to this song correctly. And and yeah. once again, the, the song is from the Meat Men. It's called True Grit, and it is off their 1986 album Rock and Roll Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a fine, fine example of a band that was. Very punk, and this is an album, and I don't know if this was their first touch into it. I think it was, where they got a little more of a metal feel to them, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of heavy metal elements in this record. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, these guys are jokesters, obviously, mm-hmm. but in a very '80s un PC kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you listen to other things off this record. It's a take it with a grain of salt album. Sure, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you have to understand, and they and they are un PC about everything. They even make fun of themselves, mm-hmm. and you have to take it as they're playing a character. They, these are I would compare them to Andrew Dice Clay as a comedian. Yeah, that's you a know? good. Yeah, I think that's a good example. And this was something that was kind of common. Fear the band, punk band Fear did it. You know, leaving always came off as just like this horrible human being, but it was just it was. It was a character. G.G. Allen almost, it, well, even though he I was a little bit more real. Yeah, G.G. Like, Allen really was. But just in yeah. terms, of, like, sort of the same thing. Like, yeah. it's, I think, especially especially as somebody, like, dissecting things on an, on an artistic level, it's such a useful artistic tool to use something you hate, to become yeah. something you hate almost. Like, like, when you become a character, it's an, it's an easy way to not only protect 
your ego as a person in mm -hmm. terms of like trying to make it very clear that you're not this thing. It's such a useful artistic tool because you're having to put yourself in the head of it's it's knowing your enemy really is what mm -hmm. it boils down to and that's kind of, and that can be a useful thing and you know this song is definitely a little bit more jabby and not meant to very like, jabby not meant to like he's he's clearly not saying this is who i am except me right. for who i but he he is he is providing a good criticism mm -hmm. of a culture that he doesn't relate with i would say and it is a little exaggerated. Sure, I mean, first two lines. I mean, if so, th where this song debuted for me was actually at number three. It was like it okay. was the bottom one, but again, I'll reveal where they ended up at the end. But okay. this one debuted at number three, and it it's I think it's just it was a little it's I mean it's grittier. To, yeah. to I mean use the title I mean it really it's a hard pill to swallow because I mean the first two lines is my wife drink my wife laments I drink I'm crass mm -hmm. plug my teenage daughter in the <laughs> and then he farts <laughs> with his mouth and you're pretty sure what he's talking yeah. about so to grab attention <coughs> I, I mean that's one of the key things in art is to stand out mm -hmm. yeah. and you do that pretty quick when you say something like that he said who's, the who's, president of, whose ears aren't going to pick up at that show and are listening to that record at home, yeah. like. and the thing is especially and and i'm not I'm trying to be ugly in this this uh but us being from the the south mm -hmm. chances are we either know or have met someone who could fit into this song Absolutely. i mean it's Absolutely. as sad as it is and i'm not saying that's just in the south but yeah. it's 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 common and not common but it's more common in the south than sure. But well, we all know somebody that can fit in that category. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Montana and I have friends who would identify, who, I feel like they would self-identify as redneck or maybe country. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is like, so this song is essentially just a rap sheet of stereotypes. Yes, and, yes. But uh, the interesting thing is they would agree they would self-identify with a lot of this stuff. Maybe not the first two lines. Hopefully but not. <laughs> like, you know, uh, Jack and Coke in the morning, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, uh, like it's, it's, it's interesting because some of it is definitely outside of the realm of possibility for them. Like, mo I would say 100% of the people that I know that would self-identify would not commit acts of incest. No. I would say that they would look at having a four-wheeler that's 60 feet high as a bit extreme. Or snowbo snowmobiling over bunnies. They would identify with that. No, there's well, something. it's fun. Uh, I had a friend who would intentionally swerve to try to hit squirrels and shit. Oh like, that's, there's not a lot to do in Montana. Hunting's a big part of that culture. Yeah. It's, something for, it's something that I would not do. Mm -hmm. um, I would get no satisfaction running over an animal. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to provide sustenance for my family by hunting a deer, what, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's my, different. That's yeah, not malicious. My dad and I, we went uh, quail hunting mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was really fun. I enjoyed it, and it's like, it's like, yeah, it's a it's a bird that jumps up, and its defense is how fast it is versus how fast my shotgun fires. It's you know, it's there's a fine line there yeah. for sure. But it's like, is it fair chase? Not really. <laughs> Um, but again, I ate quail yeah. a couple, couple Sundays later. So it provided sustenance. It, I wasn't just 
running them over in the road and yeah get that's a, feeling that's like feeling serial bigger. killer yeah right yeah, there. yeah yeah so it's it's interesting because he does it's it's like there's a spectrum right and where people fit in here's the other thing is i met a lot of really sick people in montana i'm and uh heard stories of really dark shit happening mm-hmm. so there is this level of like is it because they're a redneck they're committing acts of incest? Absolutely not. This is a no. personal thing because there's, yeah. in terms of like the people I met, I'm not a single one of them would do that. But I heard stories of people who had done it to people I met, you know? So it's like, it's what I find about city life is there's a lot more violent crime. Mm-hmm. What I found in being out there in the remote, more remote smaller towns there's a lot more sex crime and it's well, it's, it's sad yeah. but that's and it, i don't know if it's baked into the culture but in terms of like the lifestyle it's eerie how mm-hmm. commonplace violent crime is here how commonplace sex crime was there and maybe it's the isolate you know being isolated and not having a lot of choices i don't sure. know yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, i mean yeah, not, I not, not trying to be funny but that's like there's there's something it's mm-hmm. it's a pattern you can't help but notice yeah so, yeah. That being said, I mean he's he the the singer touches on issues while at the same time being funny. So it's a very powerful artistic tool. Yeah, he, and he's doing it in an exaggerated way, putting humor into something that where he's, you know, it's like you know he's holding you know, these characters. He's holding a mirror in front of the people that fit in that stereotype, and that's the only way you, you know you kind of see it, but, right? You know, kind of like. How uh you know in the Borat movies Borat acts like all these different types of people and it brings that out of the people absolutely yeah yeah you yeah know, it gets them comfortable enough to show their true colors right yeah and then they're like oh oh wait a minute no, yeah. uh, no you, you, yeah. that's who you were yep but but that's kind of like the Meat Men and the lead singer's name is Tesco V that's an awesome punk name that is an awesome <laughs> name yeah. And he, that's his, that's his voice. He's got that, those of you who, who've heard the Meat Men, he's just got like this, like baritone, like just yelling voice almost. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. sounds like, you know, the kind of guy that's, you know, probably guarding the, uh, the keg at the party. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, I mean, they use a lot of crass humor in their music. Now, this is definitely of its time. This album came out in 1986. Obviously, it would be hard to get away with the stuff on this album now, yeah. even in a world of Cardi B. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Just I because think it's I'm, so unpc. Even this song, I think you you run such a risk of not only offending a lot of like, let's say, more of the social justice types because of just the the nature of what you're talking about, but you're mm-hmm. also offending the people that you're intending to offend. So yeah. you're offending everybody. This is an equal opportunity offend offender kind of song yes um and as you say the album i didn't go deeper into it but i'm sure this would not fly today no and a lot of the songs that they they do that thing where it's either a song that insults a group of people or a person mm-hmm. or it's like a party song mm-hmm. where they and they mostly unlike warrior soul like they are so exaggerated with the drugs and the partying and just it's like a million times what would be like normal mm-hmm. but it's done to be punkish to be humorous to be you know not maybe not even shock value it's just you know it's just like if 
a bunch of dudes you knew that just like to talk about drinking and 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 hated <laughs> certain people. Sure, had a band. Yeah, but yeah, this yeah, yeah. is just you know pretend. So yeah. to speak, I guess yeah. for lack of a better word. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, uh, like role playing yeah. almost. Yeah. And Tesco V has actually come, gone back in recent times and actually apologized for some of the stuff they did earlier that were a little bit now looking back in hindsight might have been very xenophobic, very homophobic. And he's come back now and say, you know, it was a different time and you know, that's not how I feel anymore. I, I grew up and, and matured like everybody else. Sure. It, it was of its time. It's not how I feel now. I don't hate women. I don't hate, you know, gays. I don't hate anybody of a different color or race. It's just, just, you know, right. Just people weren't things like that. were able to slide different back. Well, and do you think like, was, was he saying a lot? Cause what it seems like in, in this song particularly is he's talking about, he's, he's singing to these people as if he's a, he's this redneck and Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't want equal rights for people. He doesn't want, he loves Ronald Reagan. He doesn't want. Um, he uh, he doesn't. Uh, uh, what uh, the specific line of like fudge packing homos and dykes? You know, mm-hmm. that's something that in the eighties a redneck would you would throw out constantly. Yeah. So that's what I kind of read it more as is that not he doesn't hold these views. No, no, he doesn't. So I think it's. I, I would say there's not a whole lot of reason to apologize. Or even give it the distinction of the time because he's saying, essentially he's saying this person who thinks this way is an asshole and I don't have yeah. anything in common with them. So the need to apologize is like, I, I don't know. I don't know. How. Th- this was not one that he would apologize for. I, the one that I, I think that he apologized for the most, and I'm just going to tell you the, the title of the song and you can figure it out. Uh, this, <laughs> it's a silly song. Uh, the title of the song is Tooling for Anus. Okay. So you just <laughs> yeah. All right. Was that off this album? No, no. It was okay. before. It was before this. Okay. So you 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 make your own assumptions as to what kind of what group of people they might have been um, ribbing, poking fun at. Okay. Oh, so, so there is a there's a level there's of an actual, jesting. Yeah. There's yeah. they're ja- throwing out jabs. Okay. So yeah, I yeah again, it's it's sort of like I think I definitely think it's important to update. I think yep. I think in terms of like, yeah, I don't think you should release a song like that now. Times no, have changed, and it is. we there, you know, we're more aware of things. We, I think, we all have a lot more compassion, and we want to continue to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think where you run into trouble is when you try to change the rules on shit that's already happened. Right? Because as artists, it's important to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. That's the that goes for any sort of activism you have to push you you're not going to achieve anything by being complacent and then you maybe like you reform your tactics as you move forward mm-hmm. you know like uh but you you can't change the rules for the past no. you know like for a long time like uh in terms of like just something very specific uh like uh i think mongoloid was a was a medical diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. So you don't get to go back and like, you know, oh, we need to, uh, not that you would, but arrest this doctor for using that term when that was the medical term at the time. It's like, no, moving forward, we don't use that anymore. We have more refined techniques of diagnosing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we have better terminology. So that's the best example I could come up with. And yeah, I think that's important is to like, let things that happened 
happen, keep them in mind, learn from them, and move yeah. forward. Well, they're just a they're a stamp for that time. And, exactly. Yeah. You know, we move on, and sure. like I said, most of their stuff is it's very tongue in cheek. It's to be taken with a grain of salt. If you're easily offended, the Meat Men is not a band for you. Sure. But you should have known that before. No, not you personally, but right, right, right. If the name of the band is the Meat Men. <laughs> What do you think you're going to get? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're not, there's no Disney versions of their songs. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, it's mostly just parody. And, you know, and this is a fun example of it. Some of them, like I said, they wrote a song about like racing cars and doing drugs. And it doesn't sure. mean that they're racing cars and doing drugs themselves, but yeah. it's just. And the 80s were a different time. It was, yeah. you know, people weren't all, didn't get upset about every little thing. Mm-hmm. So you were free to kind of like be like a parody like Andrew Ice Clay you know that was his heyday and you know he was just playing a character still doing it and now he's kind of become the character yeah well yeah but Larry the Cable Guy same thing Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting I think uh I would like uh, to to wrap I would say I would definitely recommend this song I think it gives you a good insight into like where people's attitudes were at the time I mean this Mm -hmm. is they say that the best metal and punk music always comes out around the time that a Republican gets into office. Yeah. So, you know, you think Ronald Reagan, Bush one, Bush two, mm-hmm. like a lot of good music comes out around those times because there's a lot of pushback to conservative culture. And it's, mm-hmm. I think there's a healthy balance that needs to be maintained between being open-minded, but also keeping stuff that's working. You know, there's a delicate balance there. And when something shifts too far to the right, there needs to be a pushback to the left. And the same thing when there's something swings too far left, we need to bring it back to the right. And like mm-hmm. that shift always needs to be happening. Oh yeah. And so this, I think this gives you a good, not only historical insight into what people's attitudes were at the time, mm-hmm. but the response to it. Yeah. And I think in terms of a, maybe not a political song so much, but a social sociological yeah. like a uh, um a cultural song this yeah. is a very imp- i think this is a very important point in history yeah and it was and it was just the 80s that was yeah. that was just a thing yeah. sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as a really it, it is a it is a fun sort of weird upbeat and kind of oh <laughs> wait a minute response to, <laughs> yeah but they do have a lot more fun songs in this record so you know if you ever get to where you want to just explore the whole album, there might be some more. They might show their head again, so maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold off. I want to hear more of the Meat Men, and then mm-hmm. once we put them to bed, I'm gonna listen to the awesome. listen to the way they should be listened to. All right. So you recommend, huh? I definitely recommend. All right. How How do you feel about taking a quick break? Sure. Let's do it halfway. Right. You guys won't even know we're gone. Nope. Break. Three, two, two one. one. All right. We're back. We are back. You didn't even know we were gone. You did, we didn't, yeah. We uh, had a word from our sponsor. Yeah. That's, that's definitely what we'll start doing is we'll take a, like a halfway break, and then if we do mm-hmm. get sponsors, we'll p- p- plug them in there. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. So now it's back, uh, back on me. Back so, on me. So second song that I pitched to you, Watermelon Sugar <laughs> by Harry Styles. First impressions. Um, actually, it was a fun little song. Yeah, it really was. Um, uh, 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 maybe, maybe there was some double entendres in that song. 
You d- definitely, if you watch the music video, <laughs> I, I did not watch the music video. I just listened to the to the song. When you watch the music video, it's pretty clear. Okay, well, I'm I was... trying to trying to taste that pussy juice. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured anyway. I was yeah. joking, but um, I mean, it was a fun little song. It had a nice little beat, and it was a it was a cute song. It reminded me of basically like the kind of song you would write or the way you would feel like early in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm really digging this chick and you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to go get some watermelon sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> some strawberries, you know. And this one is, I, th- I think it's been out for a while. Um, I got to do my own homework again. I, I've yeah, I remember up. seeing the release date. I knew and it didn't, it had been a little while. But it's still getting radio play pretty mm. consistently. It's, it's that catchy. It'll it'll pop on top forty, hmm. and I'd, I'd heard of Harry Styles. I can't tell you if I, I've ever heard any of his music before. He, it, w- what if I told you he was in One Direction? Would you know that? Okay, I know who One Direction is. Yeah, that's so that was like the you know that was a couple years ago, and since then, they've all kind of like split to do their own solo thing. And okay. Harry Styles, I would say, is probably the most prominent. Okay, there's another one. I I'm sorry, I don't follow One Direction or any of the people, <laughs> but one is I think he's more in the hip hop sphere now and he's doing pretty well. So it's like there's, there's levels and like, I think okay. Harry Styles has come out of it doing the best. Okay. Okay. So he's kind of like the, the Justin Timberlake. Exactly. Of, of yeah. NSYNC. Exactly. Am I correct that he was an NSYNC? Was, was it yeah, NSYNC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it was, like I said, a fun little, uh, upbeat song yeah. about maybe like first, first feelings of, you know, love yeah. or being in love before you're actually being in lust. Yeah. The the what my friend would call the horny moon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, I I mean one of the things for me in the song was like the guitar production. I loved how the guitars sounded and Yeah, it was very musical. Um yeah, it was the vocal productions, you know, like very again very modern mm-hmm. um production techniques but sounds good like Yeah. um a lot of the harmonies and stuff like that. And it's just I mean it once you start thinking it it's really catchy. Yeah, it was very catchy. Um, you know, once you stop thinking, it's very catchy. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And you know, I, I listened to it a handful of times. Um, I, I listened to it a lot more than I listened to the, the Miley Cyrus song. Mm-hmm. But like two, two or three listens of the Miley song, and I pretty much had it down. This okay. one, I wanted to like you know listen to it more. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not my style of music. I think that's like a that should be my like quote. <laughs> <laughs> But put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be on yeah, put on a t-shirt. But I didn't. We'll I didn't. have you, we'll have yours like the the record <laughs> shirt, and the back will be like not my style, not my style. So, but I mean, it, it was it was a good little pop tune. I mean, just plain and simple. It was it was catchy. If it was something you know that come on, that would come on the radio. I'd you know I'd tap my bob my head, mm-hmm. tap my foot. You know, so and I kind of wanted to pitch this one as like this is kind of where pop music is at like this is one of the this was one of the biggest songs hmm. when it came out and these three songs in particular this is where pop music kind of stands as okay. of like right and you know the again these are like these are people where like if it, like if I told you you're going to listen to a Miley Cyrus song this week or I told you you're listening to like one of the members of One Direction one of his songs mm-hmm. like I wanted it to be that out like I definitely wouldn't say it's surprising, but maybe how you felt about it was a little surprising. That's what I was kind of going for. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to like it. Yeah. I didn't think I was yeah, and I was 
surprised at all. I was like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is and catchy. For you, to, for you to not hate it is a good sign for me because that's like, okay, like <laughs> it, he's not throwing it in the trash completely. No, so. no. I mean, it's, like I said, it's not going to be on regular play on, and, and, in my music, but right, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand why it's popular. If it's if it's a popular song, it's very catchy. It's got, it's very musical. Um, you know, nice little fun subject matter. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's almost the lines of where we were talking about with some of the punk stuff. It's just sure, yeah. He's just being a little more I just color, colorful. It. I just want to <laughs> taste it. You know. <laughs> That should just be the whole song. I just want to taste it. <laughs> Fun thing when we when we release this episode, mm-hmm. I'll and we have the Instagram and stuff. I'll put up a video of uh, this is a song Sam and I usually sing to our cat Winston. Mm-hmm. So we'll go watermelon sugar and meow. <laughs> so we'll 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 do that. It's real fun. Awesome. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good time. Yeah. But I, yeah. He's got good comedic timing for a cat. So. <laughs> well, that's good. So, a lot of times we'll sc- we'll scream it to him, and he'll walk out of the room, and then he'll <laughs> and then he'll do his his part. So, yeah. yeah. Well, how would you recommend this? Yeah, I'll recommend it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good catchy little pop song. Yeah. And you know, yeah. If you uh, if you like pop music, and it, it's very reminiscent to me of like kind of where like early 90s pop music was going it's kind of got yeah, that, good, that yeah. good feel to it so, yeah. this is definitely a pop song that somebody who is in a boy band would yeah. create and release and whether like somebody else uh wrote it or this is this is i would say on brand yeah. for harry styles okay yeah, yeah. Just, I don't de- I don't dive deep into his stuff. Into yeah, like I said, this is. I'll definitely do more. I <coughs> I, uh, I did less homework in terms of like release dates and stuff this time. I'll mm-hmm. I'll get back to that. This this was just a weird week for me. So That's a, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to that kind of sort of element of the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a on brand song. I think everybody should listen to. And then if you never want to listen to it again, <laughs> I fun. would not blame you. <laughs> but yeah, but give, at least give it one listen. It's interesting because like it it's. Out of the three that I suggested, it's probably the one that if I had to listen to it for the rest of the time, this would be the one. Okay. Like I listen to our, one of the things that helps me out is the playlist that I'm creating mm-hmm. for us, and like that's what helps me keep the songs organized and in a in a place where I can continually listen. It's just easier than trying to search the songs. It's like yeah. it's just nice having them organized. And it's the one that like so I have to, you know slide away plays and then this one comes on and it's like I actually look forward to listening to this one the most so and it's a song that I hated the most when it was getting all the radio <laughs> play because you couldn't get away from it it was just yeah. everywhere so now that it's had its time in the sun and it's backing off a little bit I actually enjoy it a little okay. bit more so and see I don't listen to the radio so this mm-hmm. was like the first time I'd ever heard the song yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. like fresh to me right right so well I I will give it a. a I recommend. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Put it to bed. All right. Now your final song. That's right. Oh, I got to do my guess. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and I, do your guess. I legitimately do not have a good guess further than that. Like, I, I tried. Everything else is going to come up short that I thought of. Like, one was, like, a very clear no, like, Life in the City, because Rocket 88, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song, yep. But mm-hmm. True Grit, no. So I really don't have a good guess anymore. So let's just jump right into the song. We'll jump right into the song. This is from a band called Manitoba's Wild Kingdom. They have they released one album 
called And You. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, they released one single off this album, a song called The Party Starts Now, which is also a fun song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manitoba's Wild Kingdom is actually made up of at least two members of the Dictators, mm-hmm. the punk band, the Dictators. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what the Dictators evolved into for one record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it does have that feel. I mean, it sounds, it's very Dictators-y feel, if that's a word. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, and this was, I like this song. It's just, it's fun. It's not as parody, hardcore parody as uh, True Grit, mm-hmm. but it is kind of like looking at life and, you know, obviously in New York City in 1990, which is when this album was released. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, you know, one one person's maybe exaggerated opinion of their living situation. Sure. So um, I'll throw it to you. I mean, what do you think of New York, New York? I So this one debuted at, out of the f- three, debuted at number two for me. Okay. Um, a little bit more in terms of the two. So like I would say like Rocket 88 was the most palatable starting out and then uh, True Grit was like the least palatable. Yeah. And then this one is sort of the perfect in between because mm-hmm. the singing's a little bit like the way the lead sings is a little bit more in the vein of how the uh, Meat Man's front man sings, mm-hmm. whereas like the choruses are built more like the Rocket 88 chorus kind of thing. So it's kind of a nice middle ground. And this one, I really started to like it after I I gave it repeat listens and I looked up the lyrics, which I did for all of them. But yeah. um, I, I so it was tongue-in-cheek without being as like blatantly trying to offend people yeah. you know because like mm-hmm. i mean obviously the term queens wouldn't really fly now out right. of, outside of somebody you know and you're using that term endearingly um but i just think in terms of a chorus that's such a great chorus <laughs> i'm a big fan of of utilizing the whole band mm-hmm. i really like stuff like that so when you have the the backing singers singing the majority of the chorus and then you the lead singer hits them with the last line so the you know the i live in the city i uh, breathe dirty air i ride trains with b-boys and then the lead comes back in junkies queens and squares mm-hmm. that's a perfect setup for a catchy chorus i loved it um little tongue-in-cheek but it's just yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's just kind of fun because mm-hmm. that yeah. would be your life living in New York City in the 90s as you would ride a lot of trains with b-boys junkies queens and squares yeah. real quick what's a b-boy <laughs> I, that looked, is, I meant to look that up from what my understanding is b-boys would be like um like people who uh hip-hop People, oh, okay. Like, like with the, the, the boom box. Yeah, yeah. the boom mm-hmm. box on the shoulder. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah. thinking, yeah. but I didn't know if it meant like and that bad might, boy or. And that might, and I don't, I'm not sure for sure what the B means, but I almost think that means beatbox or boombox boys. Okay. Boys, but yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's, so you've got all your, you know, your stereotypes, you yeah, know, yeah, your, yeah. But, uh, and, and the fact that he used the term squares. I yeah, mean, when yeah, was the last time someone called <laughs> someone else a square? Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and I don't think he was meant any uh, offense, especially in the term no, queens. No, no. Uh, there was a lot, there could be a lot more offensive words he could have used, but I think sure, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was just, you know. Well, and queens is just so musical. It works in the chorus. It wouldn't, yeah. Some of those other words wouldn't work as well. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's just, it's a fun, uh, it was a fun song. But, yeah. anyway. I, I, it's one of those. It's the. I love the the verses are really really cool. Just kind of 
putting you in that spot of like living in New York and the mm-hmm. choruses are a perfect response to the verse. Like you look forward to the chorus coming in and then just to cap it off, like the New York, New York. I I think this song actually ended up getting put in a like a B film or something. It was okay. uh, uh, called... Um, it was it was something about living in New York. It might you might have it on the the iPod yeah, there, but yeah, I think I do. It was just I could see why they would use a the song in a maybe a grittier movie about New York, not something like Home Alone two, but yeah, Mondo New York, Mondo New York, movie, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, I really liked this song, yeah. and and that was a good representation of where New York City was in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. It was before they'd kind of cleaned up crime and everything. It was still kind of a dirty city, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, And I think one of the things that really I really like about this song is, like, again, how well it was recorded. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about it on our break. That's what I really like about these songs is that they're production value and they sound good mm-hmm. they're really clean records and a lot of early punk music is n- was not recorded like that no. maybe some i mean the ramon stuff is really well done mm-hmm. sex Pistols stuff is really well done but then you get like some like early i mean pick pick a like pick a band in that maybe like not the initial wave but like kind of like right after like mm-hmm. it's almost like they were intentionally recording stuff to sound bad like they put a tape recorder in the middle of the room and just had the band play like, yeah and it just you know i i'm just not gonna listen to stuff like that you know and that was kind of like them the, their mindset like those bands that like if it sounds too polished then you're not punk anymore right yeah i mean it's like well and that's, <laughs> okay that's sort of where i would like i would break from the ideology where it's mm-hmm. like we you know we're talking about taking things too seriously is like mm-hmm. when you're taking it to that extreme of like like you're taking whatever punk means to you too seriously. Yeah. That's when I think you need to get out. Funny little story. So, uh, not to say names, but there was a guy that he lived in a house with some of my friends and he considered himself like, here's the story. We were hanging out drinking one night. Everybody kind of turned in early except for me and this guy. Mm hmm. And this dude was just a bum. Like he hmm. would, like it was always he wanted a beer, he needed a cigarette, and if he had a pack, like a fresh pack, or he just bought a an eighteen rack, nobody could get one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But as you know, he's out of money, and it's like, like it's the world's obligation to take care of him, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So we were up late, and like he he asked if he could just hang out. And I wanted to keep drinking, so I was like, "Yeah, we can hang out, but I'm gonna talk shit." And I don't think he—I don't think he knew that I was gonna talk shit about him. But <laughs> I had a real problem with this guy, you know. Yeah. I was like, "Cause and it, you know, in all fairness, I told him up front. I was like, "I think it's really shitty that you bum beer from me and him and him and her and everybody else in this house, and you bum cigarettes from me and him and him mm-hmm. and her and everybody else in this house." But as soon as you have your paycheck and you like stock up for the week, you're not repaying any favors yeah. and we got deeper into the conversation he was talking to me he's like well i just like i just consider myself as somebody that's really committed to living the punk rock lifestyle and i was like what does that mean to you <laughs> and he went into it and he gave this long kind of thing of like you know and he spiced it up with shit like environmentally conscious and blah blah blah, blah, blah. but it all, like he finished and i was like you're just you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I said it to his yeah. face, you know. I told him like, "You can hang out with me, but I'm gonna talk shit." You're not gonna like it. And that was like, that was m- my glimpse into what 
some people can kind of bastardize this thing. And I don't know what it means to live a punk rock lifestyle. I don't know what people intention, what they meant initially, what their intent was. I don't know what they mean by it now. Yeah. But just so you know, if you're working a minimum wage job, you're living in a shitty situation, you're bumming, and you're doing this all intentionally, like you're not paying the the fee at the punk show kind of stuff because you have a friend working. The, if you're doing that, you're just a piece of shit. Yeah, it, like yeah. you, you're not, you're not living some glamorous lifestyle, and you're, <laughs> or I'm sorry, you're not, you're not living this lifestyle out of some higher purpose intent. You're yeah. just being a bum. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's. And it's not so much that, again, it's not that he would bum cigarettes or bum beer. It's that he would not return the favor. Mm-hmm. That's all he would have to do, and nobody would have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, remember, you know, pay it back. Exactly. Yeah. So That should be more baked into the punk rock lifestyle, I yeah. think. Yeah, look out for each other. Take care of each other. Yeah. And that's, you know, two sides there. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like, you know, a lot of these uh, <laughs> these. <laughs> punk bands these punk musicians would not take kindly to somebody like that no they wouldn't yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> to, to take okay, out yeah, back and you, beat you yeah you're just kind of a piece of shit yeah <laughs> you're just an asshole <laughs> so but yeah to to since we're wrapping up your side of things where these songs finished for me is uh new york new york is number one awesome i really enjoy it i think it's like you know, it might not be the punkiest thing I ever heard or the metalest yeah. thing I ever yeah. heard, but just in terms of like a really good sounding song, mm-hmm. really like it, really enjoy it. Something that I would like attempt to play at some point for sure. Yeah. True Grit landed at number two mm-hmm. just because I learned to appreciate the how he sang and like what he was do- going for. And I think it was like a really creative, ri- it took a lot of guts to make something like that like that's mm-hmm. a really risky song and <laughs> yes <laughs> probably evident is why they you know maybe it didn't do so well like this is not getting radio play and probably no. never will <laughs> no <laughs> so i like the artistic element of that and then rocket 88 nothing against it it just mm-hmm. it debuted at number one landed so essentially everything just went linearly mm-hmm. and then rocket 88 went to number three i really like it this is something that i would play i i just uh again maybe it just did like just kind of a fun party song. Yeah. So yeah. that's just kind of why it's the lowest for me is yeah. like, I think uh, the I think New York, New York was the most balanced mm-hmm. and then True Grit was just the the more artistically challenging and then I think Rocket 88 was just fun for me. So yeah. that's where they ended up. I, I don't know if you're surprised by that ranking, but, or if you would be surprised as to where it started and then it, then ended up. A little bit, of, it makes sense. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. So. so since this is the only album they put out, I'm not going to pull from this well anymore. So you go. I'm going to deep. I lo- I really like it. Yeah. I know they they landed in a little bit of hot water with the the album cover because it's it's mm-hmm. parodying a a like a Nazi recruiting mm-hmm. poster, which is you know obviously something that's going to land you in hot water. Right. But again, a, I think a majority of the band members were Jewish. They, yeah. And this is, I think, evident of what punk does is that it it exposes things mm-hmm. by being offensive. That's yeah. what the Meat Men were doing with True Grit. Like, mm-hmm. let's expose a lot of these over-the-top stereotypes while also including things that are true about this culture. And I think that's important when, like, you know, if you want to draw parallels from, like, Nazi Germany 
to things that happen with your in your own society i think to be offensive is important you know and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that we're anything close to approximating yeah. what hitler did but you know it's a fine line because i think mm-hmm. it, like one of the things on the internet now is any argument that continues on long enough is somebody's going to call somebody hitler yeah yeah. So it's, you know, it's hard when you, but again, I think it's important to, I don't know, like it's important to make 9-11 jokes. It's important to like, it's important to make, it's important to make fun of tragedy. It's how we move on as a culture and as a society. Yeah. It's important to be offensive because when you push that line, we all become stronger, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's important to... I don't know, but then again, now I'm starting to kind of contradict myself because well, it was like so. I think of, I think and of, that's punk rock. <laughs> I think of people like you know Lemmy and yeah. Marilyn Manson, who both have like a little bit of a flirtatious relationship with, uh, you know, Nazi iconography. Right. It's tricky. It's mm-hmm. you know like Lemmy. I I remember I watched the Lemmy doc and he, uh, he wore a Nazi. I think an SS uniform, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and rode around in a in a, a Tiger or a Panzer tank that this guy just had on his ranch or whatever. And it's like, part of me is like, that's kind of cool for the history. Like, Lemmy's somebody that was obviously very engaged in the history of that war. Being from yeah. Britain, one of the countries most affected by that war. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the populace, and obviously France, is France, Germany, Poland mm-hmm. as well. Not to take anything away from yeah. any of anybody's experience, especially not taking away from Jewish people's experience from that right. war. That's why it gets tricky because it's like <laughs> you are wearing an SS uniform, right. riding around in a <laughs> Panzer tank. It's weird. It's <laughs> it's not an easy package to. I don't think it's. I don't know. I don't know where I stand on it. And it's hard to defend yourself when you're in the costume and I'm not knocking Lemmy or anything, but yeah, you know, and, it's hard to like, it's hard to wear that costume and be like, I have nothing in common with those people. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> you're wearing the t-shirt, bro. Yeah. Oh, fuck dude. It's I a, like that. We're having this conversation yeah. though. I think it's an important one to have. And I mm-hmm. think in terms, I, I hope nobody's angry at me on this or my, my cautious ambivalence. It's just like, I don't know yeah. what to think because I don't want to make, rash decisions mm-hmm. i think when you make rash decisions when you make hard and fast calls you run into a lot of problems mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know so, it, gets, so, it gets it can get sticky real we're quick. gonna yeah we're gonna rabbit hole on this if we're not careful yeah so we'll just i i do you know apologize for being long in the tooth about it but i think okay. it's important to think about these yeah, things yeah. because especially in a clear-cut like case like this where they're using nazi propaganda but three out of the four dudes in the band are jewish right it's like so what do you what do you say to the you know the Jewish comedian making Holocaust jokes. Exactly. I mean, Does, if anybody has a right, like then they do. If their family, like, um, are you familiar with Ari Shafir? Uh, the name is familiar. He's a he's pretty well known comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, I th- I don't think his his album's going to be coming out anytime. He did, he's shooting a special, or he was right now called Jew, mm-hmm. and he pokes a lot of fun at that culture. And um, I can't. I'm, might be mistaken, but I think it's his father was in the Holocaust, like has the tattoo and everything. Oh, wow. So if he's making Holocaust jokes, like, 
you know, what do you say? And like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> topic of discussion that we'll yeah. we'll put to bed for now. Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's the best. That'll be my shirt as a lemon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So recommend absolutely. Back, back this to is our a, song. This is a fun fucking song. I really like it. I think it's really well produced. I think it's really well um, thought out. I love the choruses. They're just. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's a fun way to wrap up what life in New York City is like, I feel like. And I why so. I would never want to live there. Yeah. I mean, I've, it literally put me in a dirty apartment in yeah. my mind listening yeah. to this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ordering uh, Chinese food and yep. pizza. So, all right. So, since we're done with these, before we move on to... What's the theme? The theme. Here it is. Um, all three songs stole their title from much more famous pieces of art from the 50s and the 60s rocket 88 has actually been called the first rock and roll song and it was recorded by ike turner i I believe in 1951 it's not a cover they just warrior soul stole the title a rocket 88 is a a term for an oldsmobile 88 okay and it was a kind of a fast you know, cruising car for, you know, the, the late or the early 50s, excuse me. Okay. So Ike Turner wrote a song about his riding around his Rocket 88. Huh. So Warrior Soul took the the, the title, and that's mm-hmm. why in the song he said, I'm a rocket, a Rocket 88. He's comparing himself to that car from that song in 1951. Okay. New York, New York. Obviously, it Frank was a song made, made famous by Frank Sinatra. True Grit. Was Glenn the John, Campbell. The John, oh, yeah, and the John Wayne movie from 1969. Mm-hmm. They took, you know, all three of these songs' <sighs> titles are from something that was much, much more popular. <laughs> no, that's a good theme because I I, uh, I missed it and I should have caught it because a lot of the songs you pitched, they're actually, they're harder to find. Mm-hmm. Than, you know, I type in Slide Away and Miley Cyrus is the uh, yeah. first thing that pops up, but True Grit, you know, was Glenn Campbell. There's a couple of other, other I think there was an album called True Grit. Yeah. Yeah, by a country artist, and so all, all of those songs came up first, and then Glenn Campbell, and then uh, same thing with New York, New York. Obviously, I had to sift through a lot of Frank Sinatra and Frank Sinatra covers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I, I missed and just didn't pick up on. And it actually happened purely by accident. I put those three songs together, and then just and then realized there's no the intention behind it. It was it was completely accidental. So I was like, this, well, this built up this this built up to the hype. Yeah, yeah the hype so. the hype is real. So, but it was completely accidental. That's awesome. And then I was like, well, hmm, I'm just going to throw this bonus in there since I accidentally yeah. picked three songs that I love. They're named after much more famous things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That's crazy. So that, that, that that's your little out. theme. Yeah. The so. level of serendipity in this podcast is amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so there you go. You didn't, you didn't win the prize. No spanking. <sighs> Sorry. Next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> All right. So last song. Let's close this up. Let's close it up. And I, this is the one that I really tried to get you on in terms of like if if it was if I told you who I was giving you beforehand, clicked again. It's going. Okay. Um, is it just reminding you that it's still running? So. I, I don't know. Maybe hey, it's, I think it's haunted. <laughs> okay. That's all that ghost work you've been doing. So uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So th- I wanted to p- if I if I pitched you Jonas Brothers, you would have been like, oh. God, and then, but this is a song, like a song. I thought, like, if it could, mm-hmm. 
it could it could it could melt your heart of your heart of metal <laughs> get you, learn learn to love again that's why my challenge for you this week was to get trish to dance with you to this song how did it go the fans want to know she absolutely loved this song yeah i thought so she did I thought she um would. this is as far as i know this is the first jonas brothers song i've listened to on purpose okay i don't know if i've ever heard any of their other stuff i don't know i'm, I'm familiar with the jonas brothers um uh i liked it it was actually a, a really fun like upbeat song um trish loved it she this was her favorite mm -hmm. of the three this was my favorite of the three yay yeah no it was it was a, a well-crafted uh upbeat song um it to me like lyrically and i like i like the lyrics i mean they were it wasn't shakespeare but they were fun lyrics and i yeah, knew yeah, yeah. what they were trying to get across with the lyrics to me, this song is basically uh, if watermelon sugar is when you first start dating someone, that's mm -hmm. the song you write. Mm -hmm. Sucker is the song that you write for your mate when you're years into your relationship and you still have those great, awesome feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this would be something that I would like, you know, would would be like I'd say this is about me and Trish yeah. after all these years. Yeah. You know, stumbling out of bars, dancing on top of cars. That's yeah, well, that, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You know, just what a great um, song about, you know, a lasting, lasting relationships. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and you know, it were fun, fun lyrics and very heartfelt mm -hmm. and had a really good beat. Yeah. And it yeah, was, yeah. it was very danceable, very, mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know, keep your head moving and just like yeah, yeah. watching Trish kind of like. <laughs> yeah. I like the way they play around with a lot of the production elements, like introducing the guitars and like, like having like some like synthetic elements and the mm -hmm. the way they they move like the the drums in and out because like some of the beat is just driven by like sounds like a group clapping like it's just mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a really textured kind of song mm -hmm. it's really fun like you said and um yeah i think it, it plays on the the positives of a a longer relationship mm -hmm. you know you're not as you're not as starry-eyed and looking forward to that watermelon sugar as you once were, but you're still having fun and you can still have good nights and yeah. you, this person can still convince you to, to make bad decisions <laughs> yeah. on their, on their behalf. Cause you're a sucker for. Yeah. And uh, I did some research on it and this apparently was kind of like a comeback record for them. They, yeah, I, I think a lot of that had to do with the contract they signed with Disney and mm. however that, what, I mean, honestly, I think that's another, that's a that's a hidden theme in the three that I suggested this week. Miley Cyrus, not Harry Styles, wasn't involved with Disney, I don't think, but Miley Cyrus, Jonas Brothers, Harry Styles in terms of like One Direction and the con, like these people all at some point had like contract disputes and issues and things mm -hmm. like that. And like I mean, one of the more recent ones suffering from that is like Taylor Swift. Like she, I think she just got the ability to perform her like original catalog of songs again. Oh, wow. Because that's what happens a lot of times when you when you sign with a record label is like you don't own your masters. Mm -hmm. They do and you yeah. don't sometimes you don't even have performing rights wow. if you leave that label. So, weird things like that and mm -hmm. like sometimes there's time distinctions. So I think a big part of the reason why the Jonas Brothers haven't been making music or at least releasing music for a long time is because I think they were held to a specific contract with Disney if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. That's going to be on the back of my shirt. Is I could be wrong. <laughs> you can have a lot of shirts. I'm going to have a lot of shirts. <laughs> but to me, it sounded like a boy band grown up. 
Yeah. And the, yeah. it sounds like, you know, we're a little older now. I think all three of them are married now. Yep. And, you know, it's like this is, you know. Or at least divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is when a boy band grows up and this is, yeah. you know, we're making kind of like grown-up love songs. I think it's cool because it shows that, you know, I think there's a lot of obvious criticism people could lift against boy bands it's like oh it's more about your looks and less about your talent there's a team around you building this mm-hmm. thing you're a you're less of a band and more of a brand yeah so i could see these easy criticisms being lifted but i think if anything this shows like these dudes are just talented mm-hmm. and you know whether they could you know shred a guitar like the guys in the the bands that you put in this week maybe mm-hmm. not but can they make a good song yeah and yeah. is the, is the, is there still a team around them of people doing it? Yeah, but I mean, there's yeah. a reason why this song, you know, is as popular as it is, is because it sounds good and yeah. people like it. Yeah, it's just it's easy to listen to. And mm-hmm. any band, I don't care who they are, if they're if they last long enough, <clears throat> they become a brand. Yeah, I don't care Absolutely. how punk or how metal you are. Yeah, if you've got longevity, you become a brand. Yeah, even you know, uh, shit. If Target started started selling black flag t-shirts that's all you would see on these mm-hmm. like you know younger wannabe skater kind of yeah. kids like i mean you, they, you've already seen it with the rolling stones and led mm-hmm. zeppelin and like you know ba- like t-shirts of these bands that you knew if you went up to that kid and you're like hey name one song they'd be like uh, uh. black dog <laughs> <laughs> but i mean and, and and like black flag is already becoming a brand because yeah but it's my thing is once once your shirt is in hot topic, yeah, you're a brand, and I know the bands yeah. can't help it. And in defense, some kids that's the only place they can get their shirts. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know. that that is kind of like the did I did I tell you the guitar hero argument the guitar hero argument that I had, I learned from my drumming teacher. I don't know if I said it last episode. Yes, but you can tell it again because it's okay. Just just to recap, mm-hmm. so basically, I was you know. Um, I was taking drum lessons and I was complaining that I was taking music very seriously. I was trying to learn guitar. I was playing piano. I was trying to learn drums. And a lot of my friends, they were just wrapped up in this guitar hero wor- world. This is where it really started to kind of, uh, be popularized. And mm-hmm. I was just complaining about it and saying, and you know, like, cause I had a deep commitment to this thing, actually trying to make music and these people had no interest in it, but they <laughs> had all this, all the interest in the world for this little plastic guitar thing. And my drum teacher put it in a way that really kind of put it in perspective for me where he said, uh, if anything, if nothing else, it's getting a generation of kids who would not be exposed to this music, exposed yeah. to really cool music. Yeah. And that's changed my, my opinion on a lot of this kind of stuff. It definitely helped influence like, oh, so like, no, that kid is would never have an opportunity to buy the Led Zeppelin 1977 American Tour T-shirt, but it's a really cool T-shirt design, and just because it's fresh and new and clean, <laughs> like maybe that kid really does enjoy that band, and maybe it brings him a lot of uh, a, of joy for the next couple of years. You know, it's it's yeah, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like tribal. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like you know. And it's funny, you know, we talked about the way we met. It doesn't have to be like name yeah. three songs by that, you know, by that band kind of thing. And yeah, um, I was thinking. So now that we've kind of put this, well, hold on. Would you recommend this song? Yeah, uh, I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Trish enjoyed it. Listen so to you, it again. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, dance to it again. Now that Trish likes it, I'm gonna have to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was gonna say, as you know, we we've, we've put the music to bed for this. We could either cap off this episode with how we met, or we could start next episode with how we met, and I'll wear my Slayer T-shirt. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so next next week, you get the uh, when uh, when Brennan met Sally. I mean me. When Harry met <laughs> when Harry met Harry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, what what I will do is um, for the for the uh, YouTube uh, version of that podcast, I'm going to find that picture that we took of me, you, and Trish yeah. the night we met. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, the yeah. the wormhole, and I'll put that in in there that'll be fun yeah i like it yeah, yeah. so yeah which been about three years now so it's been three years yeah. holy shit <laughs> god damn but yeah but yeah we'll we'll that'll be next week instead of starting off on the negative next week that'll be our our opening i like think? it yeah, think yeah, so? yeah i like it yeah, i like yeah. it real quick so just a way to kind of close this episode off mm-hmm. i was talking about my aunt um from thailand mm-hmm. uh my uncle was a writer He's, he wrote a couple of books, and one of them was about my aunt's experience growing up in Thailand, and mm-hmm. it involves ghost. It's called the Ghost Walk or the Ghost Way. Really? I, I kind of I, I I bet you I can find a copy of it if you're interested. It's short. It's not a long book. Very very interesting. Um, but it it chronicles. It's mainly focused on her parents. She's mm-hmm. a, a child at the time, but it's I mean. I read it and it creeped me out. Like it's very compelling stuff. And as as a ghost enthusiast, yes, I thought it's something that you might be interested in. And I should really go back and read it. It's it it really is in terms of like my aunt's so sweet. And when you when you meet her, there's nothing inauthentic about her. She mm-hmm. is just one hundred percent the sweetest, most caring person you could ever meet. And the way that she recalls this time, it's it's one of those things like like your ba- your uh saddlebag exploding. Yeah. It's hard to like when you when you when you when you believe somebody like that when they have such an authenticity about them. It's really hard to like to bring your skepticism in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's a yeah. really interesting thing and mm. so I'll definitely see if y'all can meet at some point and yeah. she's a phenomenal cook. Oh, well, even better. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out something like that. And then maybe she could, like, you could read the book and, like, yeah, talk to her about it. And I don't know how, how deep she likes to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, again, she was young at the time, but cool. um, yeah, I yeah, thought that might be like right it. up your yeah, alley. I like yeah. that a yeah. lot. A little bit, a little bit more uh, substance than the, uh, the fake ghost tours you see around town. Exactly. Everything's yeah. haunted. That tree's haunted. That stick's haunted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I just saw that there's a the a house on I think it's Calhoun Square. And it's it was supposedly when I took a ghost tour, it was supposedly the most haunted house in America and you know people were waking up with cuts and that kind of thing and they've completely remodeled the home and I think somebody lives in it now so it, it looks completely different. Um. So it's like because <laughs> it was, I th- it was semi-abandoned, mm-hmm. in ter- or it was definitely unoccupied when I took the tour. And now, if you took the tour and somebody's like, "Who's the most haunted house in America?" It'd be like, "Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, I doubt that." They have a veranda. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not haunted, but not the most haunted house in America. Right. Yeah. yeah I think we we've got plenty more. Not even in this state. Yeah. That are more haunted. Sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, cool. So, um, how are we going to wrap this up? 
however you want. <laughs> Let's sing Sucker together. Karaoke style. No Maybe music. next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, what a what a great um, selection on both sides, I think. Uh, I was really blown away mm-hmm. by both. Like, I, I think it, this is this isn't going to be every week where we just have like class music on both sides, obviously. No, no but, it's not. <laughs> but I, I, this was a week I got real excited about. Mm-hmm. I listened to all the songs so many times, especially New York, New York. Um, yeah, I, I, and one of the, one of my favorite things to do is build that playlist and it's, it's cool watching it grow. You know, it's like a plant. Mm-hmm. It's cause it started with just six songs. Now it's a 12 and, mm-hmm. and then next week it'll be, you know, what, uh, 18. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm building the same one on Apple music. And as soon as I figure oh, out cool. how, how to share it, I'll, we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. add that to the mix too. But, yeah. but I keep it from my reference point to yeah. like the same way you do it. But, yeah. um, that's the yeah. that's the easiest way for me. Yeah. I, I'm now I'm kind of thinking because we're we're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. That playlist is obvious. So we you know we release episodes mm-hmm. and then we continue to record and we'll always be about a week behind just because of how we need time to listen to the music right. and then record and then release. So we'll always be about a week behind. Mm-hmm. And if we ever stack, maybe two weeks behind. Mm-hmm. But when we are ahead, I'll need, need to make the playlist. I'll be putting songs on the playlist, so I don't want people to have access to the songs early. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I was one. I think there should be a way to do to to do that. Yeah, I'll think about. Maybe I'll just do a temporary playlist that nobody can see. Yeah, and, and then move it. the songs over after the episode's released. Yeah, do something like that. Kind of release them all at the same time, like at the same day, like yeah. So that the podcast the drops and then the songs drop and then mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. But we talked about we also talked about on the Instagram like throwing up album covers for the deep cuts. Like, can mm-hmm. you figure out the deep cut off of this? Yeah, this yeah, like yeah. I, I like that. I think that's going to be really fun. I think so too. And then plenty of cat content, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a lot of ideas in the works. We're still kind of forming them out. If you're listening to this, you're. You know, this is a couple weeks prior to mm-hmm. when you're hearing it, but we're working on stuff and we're trying to get it situated. And hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, everything's happening and we're multimillionaires and yeah, driving uh, yeah. big old Valhalla Viking trucks. <laughs> and <laughs> who knows what else? Uh, yeah, I mean, wh- why not? Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll see how well we're doing as the way we look progressively over the week on the oh. YouTube channel. If I come in here with like. You know, in a throne of gold. We're gonna. <laughs> I, I hope, like, at some point, it's like just Nike gear, but it's still like it's like a Misfits tee, but with the Nike switch, stuff like that. Just like, what do you mean sell out? Like, no, and then you'll so see more items out. on the table that are like, yeah. you know, for different companies. Yeah. Like instead of having you know a, a koozie with with a friend's thing, it'll say like Coca Cola or, yeah. like <laughs> or you know. <laughs> Cherry Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> that cherry Sprite tastes an awful lot like Guinness. <laughs> Brought to you by Guinness. Yeah. Come on, guys. By the way, Guinness, I love your product. Mm. All right, man. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to wrap up. So. That's it. All right. Love you, buddy. That's it.